What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are is fan effect. Welcome back, and it's Friday. The weekend is in sight. Time to watch a, a lot of stuff. Binge, whatever you want. A movie, maybe. And so for what to watch, Andy Farnsworth with KSL News Radio, KSL's Fan Effect podcast. We rely on you, Andy. Please gear us kind of toward what we should watch. Well, there's only one big thing this week. and Guardians. Right, and that's what we'll lead with. But the yeah. summer movie season used to start, if you'll recall, around Memorial Day. Right, yeah. But then around 20 years ago, Marvel released Spider-Man in theaters at the beginning of May. It made hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. And then pretty much since then, the summer movie season has started with the big Marvel right. movie on the first weekend of May. And this year is no different as we get the concluding chapter of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Director James Gunn, who was fired by Disney after Guardians Volume 2 a few years ago before being brought back for this third chapter, he heads up one final project for Marvel even as he takes over as head of superhero movies for DC Comics. And if you liked Guardians Volumes 1 and 2, then number 3 will be quite an emotionally satisfying conclusion to the story of this ragtag team of misfits who just can't seem to stop saving the galaxy. In Guardians Volume 3, we find out that the team is just kind of hanging out while Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt, drinks heavily to cope with his loneliness and longing for Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, when the group is suddenly attacked by a golden being called Adam Warlock, played by newcomer Will Poulter. They manage to fight him off, but not without some of the group suffering serious injuries. This leads Peter and the rest of the team on a quest to find the thing that will help save their friend, while also dealing with a new and powerful villain called the High Evolutionary, played by Chukwudi Iwuji. And I probably said that wrong, I'm sorry. I'm not going to tell you any more plot than that. Just know that Gunn does a great job giving many characters their moments to shine in the movie, which is a bit long at two and a half hours, but I don't think most fans will mind the length. And props to Bradley Cooper and the team of digital animators at Marvel for making a character, Rocket, who is 100% CG, but for whom you still can't help feeling emotions. There's a ton of guest appearances, some of which I think I'm not supposed to spoil, so I won't. But they're fun to see. While Guardians movies have not been my favorite of the Marvel movies, this one is done well, and I actually liked it more than Volume 2. If there was one disappointment for me personally, with the exception of a couple of songs, I didn't really connect with the soundtrack much, which, you know, is a big deal in the Guardians movies. And maybe it'll be better for you. I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is rated PG-13 and playing only in theaters. And, oh, don't forget, there are two post-credit scenes. Now, as counter-programming for those who don't feel like going to a superhero blockbuster movie, another option in theaters this weekend is What's Love Got to Do With It? Though that title may sound familiar, this actually has nothing to do with Tina Turner or her famous song. It's actually a rom-com with more rom than com, starring Lily James, Shazad Latif, and Emma Thompson. James plays Zoe, an award-winning documentary filmmaker in London, whose next film project is to follow the process of her childhood friend and successful doctor named Kazim as he willingly goes through the process of an arranged marriage called an assisted marriage in his Pakistani culture. Zoe's romantic life is a mess, as it always is for beautiful women in these kinds of movies. Yet she can't quite understand why someone like Kazim in this day and age would follow this cultural tradition of allowing parents, or anyone else for that matter, to choose one's marriage partner for them. Meanwhile, that's exactly what's happening with her, as Zoe's mother, played by Emma Thompson, keeps trying to fix Zoe up with her young and attractive veterinarian. So the title, What's Love Got to Do With It?, is asking the question of, should romantic love be the only and overriding reason for two people to marry? 
Now, I actually found the movie, despite some very obvious plot twists, to have a genuine heart to it. Complications that come from family dynamics, religious and cultural traditions and expectations, they're all explored, and there were a couple of moments that were quite moving. This one's worth a look. What's Love's Got to Do With It is rated PG-13, and it's playing only in theaters. Now, on to streaming, we have another compelling series debuting on Apple TV+. Plus. They're all winners, it feels like there. This one's called Silo, and it's a sort of a hybrid sci-fi slash post-apocalyptic mystery series that just drew me in almost immediately. Silo's the story of the last 10,000 people on Earth who live in a mile-deep home, hence the title Silo, that protects them from the toxic and deadly world outside. However, no one knows when or why the Silo was built, and anybody who tries to find out faces fatal consequences. Rebecca Ferguson plays Juliet, an engineer in the Silo, who tries to find answers about a loved one's murder, but ends up becoming part of a mystery that goes far deeper than she could have ever imagined. Apple's ominous tagline for the show says, if the lies don't kill you, the truth will. <laughs> now look, sarcasm aside, this story hooks you in pretty quickly. It unfolds as a mystery with dramatic moments that seem like they've been explained as you watch it, but then each new episode adds a bit more detail that makes you question what you thought was going on. I haven't even finished watching the series yet, but I'm hooked. Compelling story, great attention to detail in the sets, and a mystery for my brain to try and solve. Silo's rated for mature audiences only. Two episodes are available to stream right now, with new ones dropping each Friday through the end of June. Again, it's on Apple TV+. Now, the other streaming series that's worth your time is called A Small Light that began streaming this week on Disney Plus and Hulu. It's the story of Meep Gies, the Dutch woman who played a key role in hiding Anne Frank and her family for more than two years during World War II. Belle Pauli, who you might recognize from Apple TV's The Morning Show, plays Gies, an adopted daughter of a Dutch family who gets a job with an immigrant Jewish business owner named Otto Frank, played here by Liev Schreiber. Meep grows close to the Frank family, even helping Otto's two daughters, Margot and Anne, to adapt to Holland after they moved there in the late 30s to get out of Germany and away from persecution. But when the Germans invade Holland, Meep and her husband decide to help the Franks and four other Jewish people hide in a secret room above the Franks' business. The series doesn't center around Anne, though she is certainly not ignored, nor is her famous diary, but this, that story's already been told multiple times. This time, the focus is more on the people on the other side of the wall who risk their lives to keep them hidden. A Small Light will have eight episodes total, two available now, with two new episodes each week through May, and it is rated TV 14. Now, on our honorable mention list, stuff we didn't have time for more in-depth coverage. First is a spin-off slash prequel to the highly popular Bridgerton series on Netflix. It's a shame that Cher is not here today. Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story is just that, a story about Queen Charlotte, the matron and head of the royal family that everyone has come to know in two seasons of Bridgerton. In this six-episode series, you'll get to know how Queen Charlotte came to marry King George in the first place and all the social upheaval such a union created among the ruling class. Not having watched the original Bridgerton series, I was nonetheless surprised at the deft hand that Shonda Rhimes has in creating a story that actually kept me interested with each episode. Just a warning, however, the show is quite full of sexual content similar to the original series. All eight episodes are available now on Netflix. Another romantic movie in theaters as of today is Love Again, starring Priyanka Chopra Jonas and Sam Hewen. Jonas plays Mira, a woman mourning the loss of her fiancé, who sends some romantic texts to his old cell phone number as a coping mechanism, not realizing it's already been assigned to another handsome man. This man named Rob is captivated by her honesty, so he enlists the help of Celine Dion to help, <laughs> to help him meet her and win her heart. Is it good? I don't know. They didn't screen it for critics. It's got good-looking people in it, though, and it's got an interesting premise. Love Again is rated PG-13 and is in theaters. 
Finally, I had higher hopes for the newest series on Peacock that's called Bupkiss. It's loosely based on the life of former SNL cast members Pete Davidson. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I've always found him to be pretty funny. Sadly, whatever is decent, interesting, or funny about this series is buried under a pile of vulgarity, language, drug use, and disgusting stuff that's so deep, the pile is, most people probably won't even be able to get past it. In fact, you'll know within one minute of starting this series if you're in or you're out. Which is too bad, too, because Davidson's co-stars Edie Falco and Joe Pesci are pretty good. Bupkis is rated TVMA for so many reasons. And again, it is on Peacock. Next week, we've got uh, a whole lot of stuff. Like, seriously, so much stuff. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get through it all this week, to be honest. Uh, okay. I, I couldn't even pick a lead. I, there's the, the sequel to Book Club. There's a new series, uh, a new movie coming to Netflix with Jennifer Lopez. I mean, there's... there's a lot of stuff. An animated movie coming to theaters, yeah. Okay. Silo looks really good. I like, Silo. I like, I like a good post-apocalyptic, yes. you know. I, I liked Silo the most, probably. I mean, okay. I like Guardians a lot, too. Everyone's going to Guardians. If there's girls that don't want to go to Guardians, you've got a couple of rom-coms you can go to. I saw some uh, headline that said, it's good to see a good Marvel movie again. So they feel like there have been a lot of misses with some of the hits, so they, they, like, they say that this cow. one's a hit. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly wonder if part of it is because the characters are already really familiar to us. We're not yeah, going in with people we don't know. Absolutely. We're going in with people that we have known You'll now like for them. almost 10 years, yep. and so I think that helps. For sure. All right, Andy, thanks. Hey, thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there.